Hello thinkers and welcome to Thoughts Please, the podcast where we ask big vague questions and just see where the conversation goes. With me today is Fanny Alm. How are you today, Fanny? I'm good. I'm a bit nervous, uh, to be honest, but I'm okay. How are you? It's all right. We're, I think we're both a little bit nervous. These things can be nervous, you know? We're, we're exposing our deep, dark inner thoughts about love. Uh, now, according to your Instagram bio, which I think we can all agree is a world-renowned source of accurate factual information, it says you are a rock climber, an unwilling collector of injuries, a YouTuber, and also a fighter of depression. And is there anything else that you want to add to that list? No, I think it's pretty accurate. I'm also a student, but like in the end, I'm just kind of flowing between things. So no, that's fine. All right. Well, season one's big question. And my question for you, what is love? So, Fanny, can I have your thoughts, please? So, I think it's hard. I think love is something undefinable uh, because it just changes from person to person and it changes from relationship to relationship. So, I guess love is ever-flowing and changeable. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I mean, it kind of makes this it feel like the uh, this entire podcast is irrelevant, trying to pin down something that that is so ever changing and almost undefinable. But uh, I like that sort of the, the imagery there, the thought of it being sort of flowing and moving and always changing. I think when we grow older, we always hear adults say to kids that they don't really know love yet or that they don't understand love yet. Uh, you hear that when they talk to children. Uh, but I think children have like some sort of love as well. It's just kind of growing, you know. I think when I think back of old relationships, I think at that point I would say that I love them. And my definition of love today is different than what it was then, but it was still love. It was just my the way I love has matured with me so if I would love them that way today it wouldn't be love but but then it was so I think it's kind of you know as I said yeah it's changing and growing and maturing with us so not only each person's individual definition of love is different so what you might consider love is different to what I consider love but over time as you mature and as you grow and as you go through life and get these different experiences your your personal individual definition of love also changes is that kind of what you're saying yeah i mean when i was a kid i was together with this boy i think i was five or six years old uh at this time uh, and we were like literally in kindergarten uh but we were together for like two or three years and we only like broke up or whatever when he moved like i think two hours away from where we lived, I tr we even tried to keep that like relationship going. Like I was literally six years old, uh, but my my parents drove him, drove me to his house uh, so I could visit him. But yeah, we we kind of figured out it wasn't gonna work. That is one of the sweetest things I've heard, though. That's adorable. Just <laughs> I can just picture a little six year old you running around <laughs> holding hands with this boy. Yeah, it was. I mean, of course, today that wouldn't be love for me. But then I and I don't know if I could even if I could even think of what love meant but then. But it was some, someone that was very, was very close to me and someone I appreciated a lot and had a lot of fun with. And 
maybe when you're a kid, that's what love is. Or at least that kind of I love. I mean, maybe when you're an adult, that's what love is. You know, <laughs> someone you're close to, someone you can have fun with, someone you have a connection with. I mean, to me, that sounds like ticking all the boxes for love. All of those things tick the boxes. And, and I think you'd want all of those things to say that you're in love now. But I think there may be other things that you require now as well, or perhaps those things need to be greater, like perhaps as a kid, whether you're six or 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever the age is, maybe what you need to feel connected and what you need to feel fulfilled by someone else just isn't quite as much. But then I wonder what about it do you need? What is the extra bit of connection that you need now as an adult that you maybe didn't need? And perhaps it's something that you, you weren't even aware of back then. It's something about your personality now or something about the way you feel and think now that wasn't even a part of you back then. So it's not that you just didn't need it from them. It's that it wasn't even a part of you. So how could you need it, if that makes sense? That's also what I think, like, because I mean, I'm 26 right now and I have a, I think I have a lot to learn about love still and a lot of growing and maturing to do. And I also realized that when I think about like, I don't know if elderly people is the right word, but uh, like my grandma and the way she loves today. I mean, that's obviously very different from the way I love today. Uh, and it could be both how I am as a person, but also because of our age differences. Uh, because my grandma, I don't remember how old she was. I think my grandpa passed away when I was 13. Uh, so that was, yeah, 13 years ago. Uh, and my grandma obviously loved grandpa, uh, but he was very, very sick at the end. Uh, and she had to basically take care of him for many years. So she was, and my grandma is a very outgoing and fun person. Like we were, well, I was having very fun with her when we was, we were kids, but then, you know, she had to take care of him a lot. Uh, and when he passed away, I guess you kind of assume that your grandma isn't going to meet someone, but like a few after that she met someone uh just like by going out dancing which was really <laughs> hilarious those two are together now and it's just the sweetest thing and i can just see the way my grandma is different with him so love is also like changing the like because you love your family in one way right and then you love your partner in one way but then if I have two different partners at different points in my life, then my love would be different to each person. It would change a little bit. Like I would still love them, but I would express myself differently um, depending on how I'm matching with that person or whatever. Yeah. So it's not just dependent on you and your personality, but it's almost love is almost a sum of the two parts. Yeah that create it right so and and that applies whether it's a friendship it's the sum of that friendship or if it's your family it's the sum of you and your mom or, or you and your brothers and your sisters or it's or it's the sum of you and your partner and so depending on who that love is between it will change because you're only one part of it yeah one part of that equation yeah and that's why like loving something like a like a passion like the way i love climbing it's kind of like i still love climbing but that's one-sided love like climbing is never gonna give love back to me 
I have I've done a, a whole lot of sports in my life, uh, and I've always felt felt love to do sports. Like I'm deeply, deeply passionate about it, and I would just put so many hours a week into it because I just I just enjoy it. It just brings so much to my life, right? But when I think about the way I feel towards those sports, that's kind of the same. Like my love, my love towards climbing and towards motocross or whatever, that love feels the same for me. And maybe that is because it's just this one-sided love. You said in there that all of these sports and all of these things are something that have brought so much to your life and that that is part of why you love it. And do you think that that's an important factor to not just these kinds of one-sided loves as we're talking about, you know, which is, I guess, kind of the, the passion, whether it's a, a sport or a hobby or whatever, but do you think that that is important for love in general, that it brings something to your life, whether that's a romantic relationship or family relationship? Like, does it have to bring something to your life to be love? Um, I, I think first I just, I just straight on wanted to say yes, but then I think there are, there's so many different ways you could love also. Like, obviously I think, Everything you love has to bring you some sort of joy, right? If it if it's not bringing you joy, then it isn't healthy. You can still love something, but it wouldn't be healthy if it doesn't bring you any energy or, you know, safety or whatever. Oh, wow. I just thought of this. If someone is pregnant and she would have a stillborn baby, she would still love that one. Still love that child, even though it would, wouldn't be alive, right? That would still be love and it wouldn't in any way be unhealthy to love that child even though it was never allowed to live the question then becomes for it to be love maybe it doesn't have to bring joy or happiness it just has to bring something it's just something about such intense emotion that that is what transcends from being regular emotion to love right so maybe love is just kind of the the expression of extreme emotion whether that is sadness or or pain or happiness and joy, perhaps both of those things and anywhere along that spectrum, if raised to such a degree, can somehow create love. I mean, I feel like that kind of applies in the case that you mentioned about a stillborn child, you know, that is a lot of pain. And so, you know, there is love there, but I, I don't know how that would fit in with other things and, and what they might hurt. I think that's, that's why it's kind of, because obviously love is very complicated. That's why it's such a great question for the podcast, right? Because you can have so many views on it, like so many ways of looking to it. And I think that's why it's so hard to have a, to have just this yes or no answer to questions like that. Uh, because I do think that love has to bring strong emotions, but then it's also the aspect of healthy versus unhealthy love. But yeah, I think love definitely will always... No. Okay, so first I was going to say that it definitely will bring strong emotions. But then I thought that you you can love like the way you love your parents. That doesn't necessarily need to have strong emotions. But then, of course, it will be strong emotions if that person passes away. So I think you, you maybe you can't love something without without the possibility of there being very strong emotions. Like if you love something then that you will have to know that that can break you. Because if, I mean, I love my brother 
And of course, there are strong emotions, but that's more like we we just angry with each other, right? But it's not like I it's not like I don't love my brother in the same intense way I would love a partner. But then, of course, I would be absolutely devastated if my brother was in an accident or something. So there are, uh, yeah. So obviously, there are there are those different kinds of loves. There are the different, there are different underlying emotions driving love towards your family versus love towards a romantic partner, right? Those the underlying feelings for a romantic partner may be a sexual attraction and and things like that, whereas your family may be more about security and that feeling of you know, comfort and things like that, which you probably also get from a romantic partner, but they are probably the the driving factors of a familial love. But something that you mentioned there, which really kind of hit home was that no matter what, if you love something, there is the risk of pain, right? So maybe that is not so much a definition of love, but one side effect of love is that if you were to lose, you love something, if were you to lose it, it would bring you immense pain. Yeah. Originally, when I started listening to the podcast and started to think about these things myself, I think I was thinking to myself with this very foolish or cheesy way of thinking that love would be something that that could easily destroy you, but you want that anyway, kind of, or like let it in. No, I think I think that that's a, that is a nice a nice way to think about it. Perhaps it's that. Something you love is some it's something that's worth it's worth the risk. The benefits outweigh the consequences. Yes, you know that it will hurt you because you have that sort of intense connection to it, but the benefits and the positives and, and the safety and the comfort and the joy that it brings you is enough to outweigh the consequences should you come to lose it and the pain and the agony that that will bring. Yeah. And that's also that's also, I think, that doesn't have to be like a fact because there's also the way you can love someone that just keeps hurting you, but you have this sense that it will change. Or I think about like domestic violence uh, in the home or stuff like that, where this, um, I mean, there's a lot of women stuck in relationships with men who abuse them, but they just keep thinking that one day it will change and they do still feel this intense love. Uh, so it doesn't have to be that it's safe and secure right now, but some, in some way you really intensely hope that it will be, maybe. Mm. And I guess in terms of that kind of, that topic in particular, in terms of domestic abuse, if you stay and still love them, then you are expecting or hoping for them to change, which is different, I think, and should be clarified as different to staying out of fear staying out of love is hoping and wishing that they will change and become better staying out of fear which is also a a large driver to to people staying in in abusive relationships is the fear of of retribution should you leave it will get even worse which i guess is the opposite of love there it's when you love if we're going off of what we said when you love the benefit outweighs the cost Whereas fear, in this instance, is that the cost outweighs the benefit, right? And now a lot of the time that would cause you to, to leave or to, to run away from whatever it is that you're, you're fearful of. But in this situation, it is the actual act of running away that is the thing you're scared of because the dangers of that. 
Hello, Future Keegan here. Uh, if you follow Fanny on Instagram, you will know that she has quite severe anxiety. Uh, we actually touch on this later on in the episode. Um, however, during the recording, we had to stop and start a few times. And most of the times, you won't even notice. I've just, you know, we picked right back up where we left off and I just cut it together so that you can't tell. This time, however, we decided not to finish the current train of thought and to start a new one. So... Apologies for the abrupt change, but uh, back to past Keegan and past Fanny, and on with the podcast. Before we started recording, and when I sort of first approached you to do this interview, you mentioned that you were scared to talk about the topic of love. And I'm just, I'm just curious, what about the topic of love scares you? I think I'm very scared of it because it's such a big subject and it, in some some sense it's it's very personal and it's different and as i said it's ever changing because whatever i say today could have changed tomorrow maybe maybe i will meet someone tomorrow who is just this amazing person who walks into my life and just changes the way i look at things i mean when i met my my ex-boyfriend uh, from a couple of years ago I don't think I had any strong sense of what love love could be at that point. I think my definition of love grew with him. And I think that's why it's scary because just love is, it's a beautiful thing, but it's also a very scary thing. It's something that brings you a lot, but it's also something that can take away so much. So yeah, it's it's just very scary. I, I can't explain it better than that. So. There's been a couple times, and the listeners of the podcast won't realize this because I'm going to cut them all out, but there's been a few moments where we've paused and we've cut and taken a bit of a break because of anxiety and having to sort of just take a moment and breathe and pause and think. And a lot of people struggle with anxiety, and a lot of people struggle very silently with anxiety, and they, they internalize it and they're not willing to share and one of the things that drew me to your instagram uh and i think one of the things that a lot of people like about you on your instagram is how open you are about your anxiety about your depression about how you cope or how you fail to cope with those things <laughs> and you know depending on the day and i was just wondering how your anxiety and your depression has affected your relationships and your love wow uh yeah i think that's why the topic of love is the most scary because for me anxiety and depression has been a part of my life for 13 years uh still going strong uh, and i am i think that's what's what's holding me back in a lot of relationships or what makes relationships hard for me uh, because I mean, I do have the regular depression uh, and normal, like a lot of different anxieties about a lot of different things, um, which is also one of the huge things for me is that I some, somewhere deep down feel or believe that people don't like me, uh, that people, I mean, I like me. This is the really weird thing about me, okay? Uh, because I kind of like my personality. I'm a little quirky, I'm a little weird, I'm a little loud. Uh, but I enjoy it. It's just that I can't really believe that anyone else would, which is also really weird. And I think, actually, when I think about it, 
when I I'm, I mentioned my ex-boyfriend before, uh, which I was with for two and a half or three years. Um, and I think at that point, I didn't feel those things. Uh, I felt pretty safe with him. And we had like a lot of fun and uh, all of that. Uh, but he also kind of nitpicked things I did uh, that would annoy him. And I think for me, like I would tell him that you can't tell me these things because it makes me anxious. And if these are so important, like why would he be with me if all of these little things annoys? So I think coming out of that relationship for me was when I started to believe that people that I would be in a relationship with actually didn't like me. So for me, after that relationship, I've been in two relationships since. And especially my last boyfriend, I just kind of, I just kind of couldn't believe that he would actually want to be with me uh, because he also had a lot of friends, which is great for him. But that was very scary for me because there was so many other people he could hang out with instead. And he really enjoyed hanging out with his friends, which is cool. But being the anxious, um, scared person I am and terrified that he didn't actually want to be with me. And he also spent so many hours a day hanging with his friends. It just kind of, it just kind of picks me apart a little bit because I always, I mean, even when I go to the gym uh, and climbing, I, I often just kind of, for some weird reason, start thinking that people hate me or that people find me annoying or weird or dumb. I don't know. Uh, and in relationships, that's just not a sustainable way to have it because if I would keep asking the person I love, uh, do you still love me? Do you still like me? Do you do you think I'm annoying? There's gonna be a turning point. Like in the beginning, when it's all when it's all fresh and new, and that person, you know, they they are kind of getting to know you, and you're dating, and all of that. It makes sense to be anxious, and kind of they they maybe they kind of like that a little bit, or that makes you feel vulnerable, or. I don't know, they, they're getting to know you. But I think every partner that you're with are going to believe that at some point that's going to change, that at some point you will get safer with them. And I think, I think that's true for a lot of anxious people, but not everyone. And for me, that's kind of depending on a lot of different things. And yeah, uh, I don't think that person could cope with the way I was anxious with him. I think... A lot of people have these, I guess, these intrusive thoughts that the people around them don't really like them or the people around them don't enjoy their company and are just kind of putting up with them. I know I personally have those thoughts very regularly. I, I you know, I'm always thinking that people hang out with me or people spend time with me out of obligation rather than actual interest that I'm invited to things as a afterthought. And, you know, I think there are a lot of people out there who have these kinds of thoughts, but again, I don't think many people vocalize them or even not even vocalize them. A lot of people don't internalize or internally recognize that they're having these thoughts. They just kind of are there in the background and they don't, recognize that or admit that that is an anxiety or that is something that they can work on. And I think it's probably very important for a lot of people, you know, listening to this podcast and just in general to realize that other people have these thoughts too. And I think that's one of the biggest things, right? Like 
you're not alone in in your thoughts. You're not alone in your depression and in your anxieties. That there are other people out there struggling with the same thing. And probably half the people that you think and that I think don't like me think the same damn thing about me. They think that I don't like them, you know? And yet in your head, you know that if you hang out with someone, it's because you like them, <laughs> you know? You're spending time with people because you want to. And yet it's that inability to convince yourself that it goes both ways. That's that's also the part because I think we have always different levels of anxiety as well. I think it's normal to have the anxiety and being a little bit scared that people don't like you as much as you like them or something like that. Because in the end, we are all human and we're kind of animals and we're supposed to be like in, I don't know, is it called flock in English? Flock animals? No. Uh, pack. Pack. Pack animals. Pack animals. Okay. Mm. Uh, so in, in the end, we are we are pack animals and we should be anxious about people leaving us because we're supposed to be together and we stay strong together and we keep away from lions together. Like, um, so we should be scared, but there's also kind of that, that next level of anxiety, which just isn't healthy at all. It's just, it's just damaging. Cause I think even when you talked about that, that everyone thinks like this or like a lot of people do that. And, also, when you said deep down, you know that people are hanging with you because they like you. And then my brain just went, no, 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 that's not th that's not what's happening. OK, some people hang with you because they think they can get something out of you or because um, they have to or. I mean, sure, there's always there's always exceptions. There are always horrible, nasty people out there. Yeah, And obviously, like in a logical way, I know that that's how the world works, that there will be some some people who will do whatever uh but my brain the way it's wired and the way like the level of anxiety i have just kind of instantly jump there it assumes the worst of everyone it takes what could be the worst possible thing which is probably a small subset of the people and goes you're all thinking this yeah kind of um i think it's not always like that obviously i have days when i genuinely believe that people enjoy hanging with me and then I have days when I am terrified of everyone and I have three panic attacks at the gym and I cry. But then that's also when I kind of, since I have been starting to be very outspoken with my anxiety and I tell people what's going on, uh, there's also people who actually knows this. And if they see that I am having a hard day or if I'm, I also write a lot on my Instagram. Like if I'm having a rougher period, I will write on my Instagram that right now I'm going through this and this and it's hard for me to talk to people or make eye contact uh, and stuff like that. And that also makes it easier for people to understand what's happening. So if I'm not talking to people at the gym, I know that they probably have read that and understand that right now I'm, I'm in a bad space, but I don't have to also feel anxious about being rude because they, they probably know. Communication then is incredibly important to, I guess, managing anxieties so that you can communicate what you're going through and then have people either understand or if, if what you want is support and help on it, you can get that. But being open and honest and willing to be vulnerable in those positions and in those places to, yeah, to open yourself up to that. In the long term, while it might be scary, I guess, initially, 
long term it's it's helpful and healthy and beneficial yeah definitely uh i mean i still have a long way to go uh, obviously <laughs> i mean you shouldn't have panic attacks at the gym when you're climbing like that's not really how it's supposed to be but at the same time i am going climbing even though i'm terrified like i think that's that's what i've learned that's been the biggest benefit for me with my anxiety that i just have to do those things that are terrifying um today um i was at the gym and i was there are some specific people in the gym i just can't believe that why they would like talking to me right i i just i just feel like they think i'm annoying it's it's just my brain who, who just very very decisive on that but then i was um i decided to go up to one of these people no two actually on two different occasions doesn't matter uh and i talked to one uh, one of them uh, a guy uh and it was just very very pleasant we had a really nice conversation um and it was just fun uh and then when I walked away from there, I mean, after a while, my brain still turned into that, nah, he probably thinks you're annoying. But I still got the little, little win of feeling like maybe he don't hate me. And that will make it better for the next time I see him, because then I won't be as convinced that he hates me. Because I have this feeling of maybe he doesn't. So I think keep challenging the anxiety is so, so important. Yeah, so those those small wins, that small progress over time, that eventually leads to to sort of the end goal, and 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 I guess getting better <laughs> in inverted commas, quote unquote, better. Yeah. Um, not implying that there's anything wrong with you right now, but you know. What I mean. <laughs> um, but also, yeah, communicating it and being open and and talking to even if it's just your friends, being like, I'm having a rough time today. I'm having a shit day. I'm I'm feeling this or I'm thinking this just you know know that be aware of that and know that you know I'm not trying to be rude I'm not trying to it's nothing against you it's just how I'm feeling today and I guess if you're able to have that communication and you're able to strive for those little wins over time then eventually things do get better yeah and I think also if you like going back a little bit to the topic of the podcast like that kind of communication which is kind of between friends that you are, because you love your friends and you need to tell them what's going on if you have that kind of bond with each other, right? And I think the way I've been open with my anxiety to my friends has also allowed them to be open to me. But And I, I know, especially one of my friends, I didn't know she was struggling before I told her I was struggling. And I remember this one time when we were supposed to meet up and I said, I'm sorry, I, I can't do this today. I'm just too tired. And then she said, wow, you're so strong for allowing, you know, for, for saying that you can't, like you don't have the energy to, for just saying no. And then I realized that for some people, that's really, really hard. And that makes us have a better understanding of each other. She knows that it's okay to say no, that I just don't have the energy right now. And that makes our bonding longer uh, so I think it's super important to open and communicate even like regardless if it's a parent friend partner relationship whatever it is uh, it's healthy and it makes the bond stronger if you're very open about it well I think that that's like a really nice positive way to end the podcast it's it's a nice 
moment to finish on. But before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to promote? Where can people find you on Instagram? Where can people find you on YouTube? Do the whole self-promotion thing. Wow, uh, I'm really bad at this. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess if you go on YouTube, you can look at um, Funny Alm, which is my name. Uh, I'm having a little bit of a break right now because I'm a little bit too uh, going through a lot right now with depression and stuff. So I'm a little bit too tired, but hopefully I'll get that up running soon again. Um, and on Instagram, which I'm basically always posting, <laughs> uh, would be Almbruden, uh, which is very weird uh, to spell. I don't know. I'll uh, I'll include it in the in the podcast information so in the description of the podcast and the information you can find links to fanny's youtube and instagram if you want to be a part of and see and hear more about anxiety and depression and and how someone is able to uh, cope and deal with life you know suffering from these then i highly recommend and also if you just want to see some amazing climbing content then i recommend following on instagram and also the youtube videos are amazing as well so all of that will be uh, down below but uh thank you very much for being on today fanny thank you so much for having me <laughs> not a problem and like i said if you want to find links to fanny's instagram and follow her over there then you can find that in the information section of this podcast each app is slightly different so i can't tell you exactly where it will be but if you have a look around i'm sure you'll be able to find it you'll also find a link to my email address which is thoughts dot please dot podcast at gmail.com if you want to share your thoughts anything that this podcast has made you think or just inspired anything i would absolutely love to hear it so please do get in touch share your thoughts uh but i hope you enjoyed this episode i hope you enjoyed all of the episodes and all the episodes that had come and i look forward to seeing you there